Hey everybody, Dave Reesinger here. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, to start off, I've got this Kit Kat. It's mocha chocolate flavor. I don't know if you've ever seen this. My guess is you haven't because this is the first time I've seen it. This has nothing to do with my message, but I wanted you to know there are some good things in a turbulent world still out there. Walgreens, Circuit Bridgeport, University Place, go get you one. Um, I'm not sponsored by Kit Kat, but I should be along with KFC because I supply 40% of their business. All right, let's dive into the message today. Today's message is entitled, What Time Is It? What Time Is It? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about time and somebody who wrote about time in uh, a way that became very famous um, through a song, I think it was back in the 60s or 70s. You're going to know what I'm talking about here in just a minute when we get into this passage. But time is the great equalizer. Uh, time is one of those things, whether you're rich, poor, black, white, young, old, uh, male, female, you all get the same amount of time every day. Um, time can be invested or time can be spent. The difference between spending and investing. And time can also be squandered or wasted. Uh, I, I looked up some ways that we spend our time in 80 years. They say the average person lives about 80 years. And uh, here are some things, and maybe you've heard these before, but it's always fun looking at or getting depressed about how much time we spend doing things that are non-productive, even though some are essential. 26 years will be spent sleeping. I feel so lazy. You need to sleep, but I feel so lazy reading that. I fall into this category, or I have. Um, not only do we spend 26 years sleeping, seven years will be spent trying to get to sleep. I don't know if you've ever dealt with anxiety, you just can't shut the mind down. Can I get an amen? Put your hand in the air real quick, I can see you. Um, we have a special AI camera right now where I'm watching you watching me watching you. So seven years trying to get to sleep. That, that just gives me anxiety. I won't be able to sleep tonight thinking about that. 13 years of your life, uh, you, you're at work. So you are giving your boss 13 years. Now this would be 24 hours you know, consecutively for 13 years straight. But check this out. You also spend one full year of your life working unpaid overtime, right? We should be uh, going after our bosses for that. 4.5 years eating. I feel like that's a good uh, uh, use of time. 11 years we spend looking at screens. That's your, your tablet, your phone, the movie theater, your TV. 11 years looking at a screen. You know that women will spend 146 straight days getting ready, doing makeup, hair. Um, men spend 46 full days of their life getting ready. That's shaving, flexing. I got a friend named Jordan Rothley, I'm putting you on blast, who lives in Florida. He probably spends 46 days a month flexing in the mirror. Love you, Jordy. Uh, but here's the thing. When we're young, time kind of stands still, doesn't it? Do you remember when you were young and your older sister or older brother, they got to do this and do that because they were, oh, you know, when you're that age, then you'll be able to go out. When you're that age, you can stay up later. And I remember thinking when I was young, like, Man, hurry up and become a teenager. Like I want time to go by because I want to be able to do what other people do when they're older. I'm tired of feeling like the little minion who has to, uh, you know, march to my mom's drum beat or my dad's drum beat because I'm too young. And so time stands still and the older you get, 
Do you notice? Just think back. Think back when you were 20. You know, time wasn't standing still anymore, wasn't it? But it wasn't flying by. It was moving, man. It's starting to walk. It, it had kind of a nice pace. And then I remember hitting 30. I'm like, dude, when I hit 30, time started, went from jogging to like kind of running. And then when I hit like 40, I remember, man, this thing is picking up its pace. And then you talk to people that are older, it goes to a dead sprint and then eventually time flies. It's just kind of a weird deal, right? And so time is one of those things that God will hold us accountable for. I don't mean that in a negative way. God is loving, but life is made of time. And we're going to answer to God for the way we spent this incredible resource that is always ticking and moving and ticking. You know, Solomon, he puts time into the category of a deeper view. Um, This is uh, not just about the clock or the countdown. Solomon actually puts time or that idea into a very beautiful and uh, contemplative perspective. And that's what I want to do. I want to contemplate Solomon's view. Uh, Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes and this word in Hebrew is kohalef and it means seeker or preacher. Uh, Solomon started off good. He was the son of David, um, but then he kind of strayed from God. And the reason he strayed from God is because he disobeyed what the Lord said. Uh, God said, don't chase these foreign wives that have, now this isn't against interracial marriage, please don't hear that. But he was talking about women that were from other religions He said, Solomon, they're going to cause you to turn to their gods. You're going to forget me. He had like 700 wives and he ended up straying from the Lord. And in his straying from the Lord, he started to try and find meaning and fulfillment in life through experimenting with all these things. And it's an experiment that many men and women have tried. He said, you know what? I'm going to, he was the wealthiest man to have ever lived. He's like, I'm going to buy everything I can. I'm going to buy those alligator shoes and just see how they feel. Do I feel happy when I wear them? I'm going to get those 20-inch spinners on my ride, right, on my chariot. And and I'm going to just check out how that feels like when I ride through town and everybody's looking at me and the vanity of life. I'm going to eat at the finest restaurants. I'm going to drink the finest wine. And he was experimenting. Can I find meaning and fulfillment and happiness by using my time and all of my wealth to do the things that my ego craves, my flesh craves. He then said, I'm going to try and just live a life of unrestrained sexual conquest. And, and you see all these wives and concubines. And, and yet at the end, he finally gives us the uh, conclusion to his experiment. Now, again, this is something that many men have tried, but maybe you were too broke or too ugly um, to accomplish what Solomon accomplished, right? Sometimes you can... You can be ugly, but be rich and be a Solomon. But at the end of the day, you're going to find the same conclusion. And so then he says, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to try and find meaning and fulfillment by, by observing life in this world. And this is where we get to his perspective on time. And I hope that this really ministers to you because this is so crucial for those of us that wake up every day knowing that this day on earth is a gift from God This day on earth is the day the Lord has made, and this day is a day that we should rejoice 
and be glad in because tomorrow may not be promised, but we do have the promise of eternity. And if I wake up today knowing that I'm not living for this day, but I'm living for an eternal purpose, it actually puts meaning into the time that I'm given today. That's what it should do. And so here's this man and he says, let me tell you what I observed in this life. So the book of Ecclesiastes, it's really his notebook. And it's, it's a journal of questions and conclusions from the wisest and the richest man to have ever lived, uh, obviously next to Jesus. Uh, Jesus was uh, rich in other ways, but one day he's going to be balling. So that's the uh, second coming. The first coming, he was uh, just an average man in an average family. But here is the words from this man who writes this poetry. No, it's not rhyming poetry. It's, uh, it's the poetry of thought. It's thoughts that rhyme. This is Hebrew uh, poetry. We get into verse 1 and it says of chapter 3, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to up, uproot. It is January right now and I've driven through my neighborhood. I don't see anybody planting tomatoes right now. I don't see anybody working their garden. Why? Because it's not a time for that. It's not that season. There's a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build, right? So do you notice this? This is, this is life in an imperfect world. He's like, this is, a, this is a, a society where capital punishment was part of their process. Like, hey, it's not good, but when you've got a Barabbas or you've got a this person or that person who's out causing harm, you know, he's saying here, there is a time to kill. It's not perfect. But there's, there's also a time to heal. There's also a time for grace and a time for forgiveness. He says there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. We used to tell my kids we'd come from McDonald's and maybe we'd, you know, they'd be in the play pens and one of those ball pits, the most disgusting virus-filled area in the planet is those ball pits. And so we would go from there laughing and wiping them down, spraying them in the face with Lysol, and we'd be driving on our way to a funeral. And we would teach our kids, hey, we're moving from like Ronald McDonald's playhouse to another moment where people are mourning. And so this isn't a time to laugh anymore. I'm not saying that you have to fake tears, but we're coming into a different situation. Because this was your season and this was your day to have fun with the family, but we are now walking into somebody's day and somebody's time where it's a whole nother scenario and a whole nother season. And so let's respect their time and put our time aside. Uh, there's a time to, to uh, mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. This was a, you go to Israel and it's it's filled with rocks. There's rocks everywhere, stones everywhere, right? And so this is, a, you know, whether it's stoning somebody who's sinned in the community or building walls and, and, and putting up, uh, you know, rock fortresses, this is uh, something that they would be constantly doing. This was their building and, and demolition lifestyle. Uh, there's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. How many, how many know we're talking about COVID right now? Right before you were given daps and high fives and hugs and and uh, and now it's it's one of those times where we just kind of social distance, you know. Uh, I'm a hugger. I'm a touchy person, so this is really weird for me. 
Uh, but there's a time for this, a time to search and a time to count as lost. There's somewhere in my house, there's $500 that I lost. I don't know where it's at. I guarantee that I lost it in my house somewhere, um, but I've kind of given up. There was a point where I'm like, I'm done stressing about it. If one day I happen to find it, that'll be a little bonus. I'll go to KFC and I'll buy a year supply of Kit Kats. Okay, but until that day, I'm gonna have to put that stuff on credit. Okay, I'm gonna have to put it on credit, 26% interest. I'm kidding, I can afford KFC without the credit card right now because there's a time for prosperity as well. Um, <laughs> wow, that was so random, I'm so ADD. There's also a time um, to focus and that's what I'm gonna do now. We're almost through this. There's a time to search and a time to count as lost, a time to keep and a time to discard. Right? Some of you are hoarders and we don't want you to be buried alive. This is for you. There's a time to get rid of your stuff. You haven't used that doily in 18 years. Get rid of it. You haven't used that couch cushion that you're going to find the couch for and it's somewhere in your garage. Get rid of it, right? A time to tear and a time to mend. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. I disagree with that one. I think there's only a time to speak. At least I struggle with that. A time to love and a time to hate. That sounds interesting, but David even says, God, in, I think it's, uh, it's in one of the Psalms, maybe Psalm 139, I can't remember, but he says, God, those who hate you, I hate them with a perfect hate. It doesn't mean that, you know, God tells us to love people, but uh, we're supposed to hate what is evil, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, right? So there's a time for this. There's a time for war and a time for peace. You've seen the bumper stickers that say, give peace a chance. But what Solomon's saying here is there should be bumper stickers once in a while that say, they say, give war a chance. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was stuck in a dilemma where Hitler was on the rise and he was about to conquer the world. And Dietrich, who's this pastor, um, evangelist, he said, we've kind of come to the place where this guy needs to die and there has to be a, a takedown of this maniacal dictator. Now, I'm not saying I support war, but in an imperfect world, you can see where he's getting at. And then finally, he ends with this. What does the worker gain from his toil, right? What's the profit of all this? Now, if you notice, there's 28 observations about life. There's 14 negative, 14 positive. And, and, and what he's saying is like, what's the point of all this? He's like, it's like there's, there's, there's war, then there's peace. Then there's building up, then there's tearing down. What he's getting at is like when you go through life and you check out the observations in front of you, it's like they cancel each other out and at the end of the day, you come to this zero total. Like, I remember the first time I went to Las Vegas and we were there on a missions trip and we went and saw a show, you know, uh, went with some of the leaders and we saw like a, one of those acrobatic shows. And so we were walking through one of the casinos and I stopped right by a blackjack table and I, I just... I was mesmerized because I'm watching like these people that are like, they win a big hand. And then it was like, life is amazing. This is incredible. And like two minutes later, they're down $300. Man, this is the worst day of my life. I can't believe this. Another 30 seconds later, they had a run of good hands. This is incredible. This is the best day of my life, right? It was just up and down, up and down. And so he's saying here that life is this, meaningless roller coaster of ups canceled by downs and the downs get canceled by ups which are then canceled by downs and at the end of the day what's the point 
it's just a roller coaster unless you move on to verse 10 and 11. Some of you are like, dude, this is the most depressing sermon I've ever heard in my life. Thanks, Dave. I was enjoying myself until I heard you preach. Stick with me because this is where he puts meaning to this idea of time. He says, I have seen in verse 10, I've seen the burden that God has laid upon the sons of men to occupy them. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything. Everything is beautiful in its time. Well, Dave, that's impossible. I just went through one of the most heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, soul-aching scenarios in my life, and there's no way it will be beautiful no matter how much time is given to it. Listen, if your perspective is, is from the vantage point of the heart and the purpose of God through the lens of eternity, not our temporal scenario, I promise you that God will bring beauty out of ashes that God will bring purpose out of your pain. And this is what he's saying here. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom the work that God has done from the beginning to the end. You know, that verse right there is one of the verses that gives me confidence when I speak to somebody who doesn't believe, somebody who's not a Christian. I can, I can lovingly, um, yet confidently, share the gospel of Jesus Christ because I know that inside of them is this aching desire to understand eternity and their place in it. I don't need to put eternity in the heart of man. God's already put it there. My job is to speak to them and hopefully they respond to the solution that this question has been driving them to, to find their whole lives. But I love this because here's the faith lessons, just two faith lessons out of what we read. Number one, based on all that Solomon just said, and then the eternal purpose and the eternal perspective that he gives when it comes to what looks like a meaningless life of, of, of contrasting parallelism, right? You have juxtaposed positions of good and bad, and then he says, oh, but look through eternity. He says, so point number one is eternal mind, eternally minded people find beauty and purpose in every time and every season. E eternally minded people, when you, when you live today for the God of heaven, when you live today to love him, to please him, to make him known, to experience him, to invite him in to your moments, to your seasons, to your time, you can walk with both enjoyment and endurance Knowing this, that no season will last, new seasons will always come, and all seasons will bear fruit for the fruitful in spirit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, here's a promise we have. This is what Solomon said. You're in a tough season. I guarantee you this. That season will not last because seasons change. There's a time for a tough season, but there's another season coming. And we know that if we're in a great season, celebrate it, man, rejoice in it, but just don't get too high on the highs and too low on the lows. Because even if you're at the top of the mountain, know that there's going to be another season that comes that doesn't look or feel as good. But when I know that, I have confidence because I know that God is in control and he makes all of it beautiful in its time. He brings meaning to meaningless or seemfully meaningless situations. He brings purpose 
to all of the things that I experience. I love this Psalm 35b. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Remember in the first verse, he states this. I said I'd come back to it. To everything, there is a season, a time, and a purpose. Well, what does this mean? And this is the deeper view that Solomon gives. A season is, it points to a climate, a climate or an experience, right? So what's a season? A season is a, it's a, it's a climate. It's, it's a time where we're experiencing certain things. Man, I'm in a season of blessing. Or man, I'm in a tough season. Man, I'm, I'm kind of in a season of confusion. I'm in such a season of clarity, right? It's marked by this feeling or this temperature, if you will. So you have a season, and then what's a time? A time is a duration of that experience or that climate. So you have a climate you're in, and then there's a time, there's a duration. Sometimes it's a short season, sometimes it's a very long one. And then he says there's a purpose. And what's a purpose? A purpose points to the meaning or the reason for the climate and the experience that, that lasts for a specific amount of time. Right, so this is the eternally minded person. We understand the same way there are four seasons. There's summer and fall and winter and spring. They all have a climate, they all have a duration, and they all have a purpose for existing. There are certain things that are needed and necessary in every one of those climates or seasons so that we can get rain and we can get snow and we can, you, you understand, so trees can shed and then they can grow. So things that should die, die, and those that need to live should live. So God, even in nature, shows us this truth about time and seasons. I love this too because this was in men's group the other day. Somebody said, you know what's interesting? We weren't even studying this, but we were on something similar. And they said, it's crazy that so many things in life change and we should expect that change comes. The only thing that doesn't change is God. The only thing that does not change, the thing that remains the same through all the ups and downs and ins and outs and good and bad, the only thing that remains the same is the Lord Almighty. Malachi 3.6 um, says, For I am the Lord, I change not. What a comfort knowing that through the, these, the changes around me, God remains the same. God will always be loving. He will always be faithful. He will always be gracious. He'll always be good. You know, the, the last thing I need in a life of ups and downs is a God who's up and down. The last thing I need in a world that seems moody and unpredictable is a God who's moody or un, un, unpredictable. But I know that regardless of what I'm facing, no matter what season I'm in, I have an anchor and this is the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And uh, I want to I I end with this last point, but before I do, I love this quote. It says, uh, somebody said, medical science can add years to your life, but only Jesus can add real life to your years, right? So it doesn't matter how long I live. It doesn't matter how long a season lasts. What matters is that I walk with the one who brings beauty, purpose, meaning, and, and glory to himself through all of it. Because I then can get meaning in every year of my life, even if I didn't vote for that kind of year, right? This is so important. We're in a season of change in our world. Connie and I are in a transition. You know, God has said, hey, your season of leading Redeemed Church um, is over. I'm calling you to another adventure. 
And we've got to understand what that means. This leads into point number two, and that's this. Eternally minded people redeem time. There's a quote that says, we spend our life killing time and and in the end, time kills us. Pretty uplifting quote, pretty heartwarming, right? That sounds really depressing. But I love this because this is Ephesians 5, 6, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Another version says, making the most of every opportunity. David says, teach us to to use uh, wisely all the time we have. Redeeming the time means to rescue it from loss. Leaning in to time with a grateful, faithful, intentional, and eternal mindset. If we will wake up every day in 2021 saying, God, I want to redeem the time. I want to be grateful in the highs. I want to be enduring in the lows. I want to be full of faith and faithfulness no matter what happens, knowing that you're going to bring treasure out of every tick on the clock that I'm alive if I live it for you and I live it to experience you in every moment. And finally, the sons of Issachar, they were men in David's army. And these men were uh, considered wise and they were given big props. And here's why. Here's what it says. First Chronicles 12, 32. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Let me close with this thought. These were men who understood the times and they understood what to do. Every one of us lives in time, but not every one of us has an understanding of the times. Every one of us is given a season, but not all of us seek to understand what's happening in the season. All of us are given a duration to experience something, but not everybody asks the question, God, what is the purpose of this experience that I'm going through? You know that this is why I'm, I'm leery of prophesying over an entire crowd. This is your season of breakthrough because there might be some people in the room, this will be their season of breakdown because they need to be broken down because they're trusting in their own will like I have many times. It's tough for me to call a generation, this is the blank generation, the Joshua generation, the Daniel generation. I I, I agree, there are times that God will bring that through you and you need to speak that. But you know what? There are also times that this is a different generation or this is a different time. We're all the church, the body of Christ, and we're all called to the general will of God, but God is so good and he's so amazing that for each one of us, he says, for you, I want you to discern the time and what it is that you're to do in this hour of history that I placed you in. Lean into me, listen to my heart, love me, love my word, and watch how I bring you to end up at the door you should walk through, that I close the door you shouldn't walk through, that I bring you money at the right time, that I bring you relationships at the right time, that I satisfy you and I sustain you in the fire and on the mountaintops, regardless when we lean in and say, God, make the most of my seasons, my time, and bring purpose to it. This is when we walk in what Jesus called the abundant life. The enemy came to still kill and destroy, but I came to bring them life and life to the full. That's my prayer for you in 2021. And I don't know who you are or where you're at, but I know that God has a plan for your life. And if you're somebody who 
you're walking around life and you feel like this, this lack of purpose, could I invite you maybe to put your faith in the one who gives purpose to your life? You know that that's what you are. You are a purpose with flesh wrapped around it. You were sent into the world in a specific hour, specific location to a specific family. And God, he has a purpose for your very existence. And that purpose is to love him, to know him, to worship him, and to be the fullest version of you you can in Christ likeness. But it all starts by putting your faith in Jesus, the only one who can forgive your sins and mark your life with eternity. Can I pray for you today? Father, we just thank you that you are calling us into this season. And regardless of what 2021 looks like, our hope is not in a better year of circumstances. Our hope is that we can know you, trust you, and follow you more moment by moment with every tick of the clock this year. And if we do that, we are the most rich, fulfilled people on the earth. We thank you that you love us. God, fill our hearts with more of that sense of belonging in eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you. If you feel like this message would be a blessing to somebody else, pass it along. You want more information uh, about our church, you can go to redeem.church or visit our Redeem Church Facebook page. Love you. God bless you. Have a great week.